Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. It's New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Global Boys here, and we got a show for you. That's actually a line for one of my colleagues, Jack Farmer. If you listen to uh, a lot of our, uh, well, how do we say, sister shows, I guess, like Draped in Gold, that's one of the many co-hosts I work with regularly. Anyway, this is a very special episode of New Amsterdam Radio. Uh, learn more at newamsterdam.com. Thank you so much for being members of the show. Follow the show at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore as and on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Tara is a bona fide and certified sex expert. And I reached out to her uh, to see, to get some insight about creatives, people who are creatives and entrepreneurs, uh, sometimes the basic needs of human beings, whether you want to say that physically or emotionally or psychologically or companionship wise, tend to get by on the wayside. And I really want to know more about the difficulties of that. What happened was a discussion about sex in general. Now, I think it's going to be a fantastic episode, but I gotta say, it's ready to eat, right? It's explicit. So we got the kids in the car, grandma listening. Probably you want to make sure you save it for later. Uh, adult subjects doesn't mean it's any less important. I'm just giving you a bit of a warning. And if you're like, you know what, this isn't my thing. Fine, be that way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. New Amsterdam Radio has brand new episodes every Thursday. Uh, brand new episodes bonus episodes whenever we get those but definitely every thursday come on back to the city of creative is the podcast for creatives without any further ado it's my chat with dr tara Welcome back to New Am Sam Raider, the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, Flubble Boys, in the mayor's office, overlooking a very dreary day outside here on the West Coast. But as always, I am not alone. As we talk about creatives, people who are doing things, my guest today is an educator of many different disciplines. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Please welcome Dr. Tara. How's it going? Hello, hello, hello. It's my pleasure to be here with you, Flobo. Oh, yeah. You know what? It, the pleasure is definitely mutual because I was like, oh, my gosh, we're getting, a, uh, we're getting someone who can help me out with some things. Things that I'm <laughs> oh, trying yeah. to figure out for creatives. <laughs> that will be the goal of this episode. We shall help you out with some things. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so as, as I've looked and perused your social media, you are, quote, a sex and relationship communication expert, which I thought was pretty cool uh, way of saying it. What is that meaning as far as the communication side? Why is it added in there? What does that mean for you and your brand? Yes. So as a sexual communication expert, uh, I am speaking from my knowledge based on theory, research, and professional practice. So uh, I'm a full-time tenured professor uh, at Cal State Fullerton. So yeah, go yeah. Titans. Uh, <laughs> and I teach sexual communication and relational communication. And what it is, is it's how communication functions and uh, help facilitate healthy sexual and romantic relationships. And, mm. uh, you know, as a sexual communication expert, I will have to say uh, time and time again, research studies keep finding that the most important thing yeah. uh, in a healthy relationship and sexual relationship is what? Communication. Communication. 
Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I'm like yeah. right in the middle, in the middle, in the center of studying the most important thing in a relationship. Man, if I got that question wrong, I'd have been kind of embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, nope. you're going to see. <laughs> I just I'm not said. Generous. I'm not Oprah. <laughs> I just said you had one job. Um, my class is really hard. <laughs> I, I, I bet it is because, I mean, on paper, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh, no, there's a whole different thing because human beings are complex as hell. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, the question I had when I when I, read, I wanted you on the show was there is the, the game to be sold, not told. You can research all day long. You could be an expert in your field. You can write a book and call it a day, but you decided to not only do all that, but to educate others. What was the moment for you where you're like, oh, this is something I want to do. This is what I want to share to the masses. Yeah. So that like, I would say the pivotal moment for me was actually coming to America. Kind of like that movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not from here. I'm from Thailand. And Respect. I grew, yeah, I grew up in Thailand. I grew up in a very different culture. And in my own little bubble in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, I went to like Catholic school and everything. So oh, wow. no sex ed, no sex talks from my parents. There's no sex in general. And then when I moved here, which was for graduate school, uh, I realized I was like a freaking hermit. Like, I, you know, like <laughs> my friends here in Los Angeles were so much more open minded when it comes to sex. And actually in grad school, School. And this is uh, when I moved to Arizona for my PhD. One of my friends took me to a sex shop and it's a big one. It's an extravagant sex shop. And yeah. I've never seen all these things before. And in my mind, I'm like, holy shit, what else do I not know? Yeah. So to me, that was like the first pivotal moment of like, I know, I know nothing. Yeah. And that's the feel like what intellectuals do. They go, I don't know this. I'm going to go figure this out. That is fascinating. Yeah. 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 So then in the PhD program, I studied more and more on relationships. And then I realized like one of the biggest issues that people have uh, in relate in romantic relationships are, well, two things, communication and sex. Mm, why is that? You know, in, uh, in, in a nutshell, we are all like <laughs> five years old when it comes to uh, sex like competence sexual Guilty. communication competence we're like Absolutely. five years old because think about it we are we, we learn so many things we learn like arithmetic when we were what like seven or five right mm -hmm. we learn how to calculate like numbers we learn letters we learn words we learn how to speak in public speaking classes we learn uh, biology we learn so many things or we did not learn how to interact in a six sexual situation so yeah. think about this when we become what uh 16 we get super horny you know guys start getting an erection for like no reason they're, yeah. they're literally like oh like you know a uh, 20 something teacher walk by whoa an erection <laughs> and you're in middle school like you're what 15 14 so you know nothing and then you were supposed to have sex like oh we're, you know i'm gonna have my sexual debut which is new term by the way we do not say you lose your virginity anymore uh -huh. because it's a negative connotation like what are you dirty and nasty now nope we say it's a sexual debut sounds like a show tune really <laughs> it's much better oh, whoa, right whoa, whoa, whoa. like when was your sexual debut flobo when, when uh, was your yeah. sexual debut uh, do you, oh, wow. That, that's a really dumb question. Do we count pros? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. uh, we I count was, everything was, that you feel was sexual. I was 21. I was 21. Okay. 21. Okay. Yeah. So like when, when 
people are in high school, uh, a lot of them tend to have their sexual debut at that time. And think about it, no education whatsoever. And then you're supposed to bam, do it. Yeah. And do it well. And most of them didn't do not know how to do it well. Actually, all of them don't know how to do it well. They're five and then they're supposed to be like Olympic runner. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you, you, so you mentioned you, you came from Thailand and, and a lot of times my, my old friends from other countries have the opposite. They go, hey, look, I went to the free United States. Everyone seems so conservative. But you said your experience was different. What was that dynamic like? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say United States is huge, sure. right? And it's not a homogeneous country, meaning there's so many like different people in this country versus like Thailand, like every number one, everyone looks the same, right? Like everyone's Asian, 99% Buddhist. So it's like a very tight knitted like community with tight knitted like values, not a lot of differences. In America, there's a lot of diversity of thoughts, diversity of religion, diversity of racial background and cultures and everything, food. So uh, when I first came here, I came to Los Angeles and Los Angeles is open uh, to me. It's sexually open minded as compared to, let's say, Texas or Mississippi or uh, West Virginia. Right. So when I'm saying America, I'm I, I should say, I mean, Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles yeah. gets kind of crazy. Um, which is interesting to me that it's, this is this is a melting pot within a melting pot in Los Angeles, right? The same diversity yeah. of language and culture and all that. Uh, what does it mean to you when you say you want to be or advocate for being sexually powerful? Yes, I love that you said sexually powerful. It's <laughs> my tagline. I listen yeah. to Love Vice by Dr. Tara podcast, become sexually powerful. So yeah. to me, uh, being sexually powerful means a few things. Uh, mm -hmm. Number one, that you're a generous lover. That's first. Mm -hmm. Being a generous lover is, is someone uh, embodying someone who is sexually powerful. Uh, number two is someone who is unapologetic about their desires and needs and are able to communicate it in a mindful way. Huh. And then, what if you have struggle with your own needs? Like, what do you want? I don't know. Exactly. So that might mean that you're not yet super sexually powerful, that there's room for you to improve in terms of number three, sexual self-knowledge. A lot of people don't have this. They may think sex is instinctive, which a lot of times it's like maybe like 30% is instinct-based because we're animals after all. Uh, but true, true. <laughs> that's, that's uh, my motto in bed because we're animals after all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, these three things, which is being a generous lover, being a kind lover, being giving, uh, being unapologetic about your desires and needs and know how to communicate it mindfully. And then number three is having sexual self-knowledge. Uh, you know where it feels good. You know your preference. And this doesn't have to just stick within like sex act itself. It can even be like dating. You know, like, do you know what you want? Sometimes I ask my friends, like, what exactly do you think is your preference? They're like, I don't know just someone nice i'm like yeah that's like 60 million people like tell me more you know oh you're one of those friends no yeah. down oh. yeah. when they're yeah like 
like just cool when they're cool. I'm like, okay, well, let's find that person. <laughs> I, I feel like you're talking to the whole world about me. Okay, it's fine. I yeah, want someone who's well, nice and kind. Let's talk about your preference, okay? So, like, we can actually do an exercise even. And I think yeah. this can be worthy for a lot of entrepreneurs, creatives, and people that are listening to this show that are perhaps dating someone and is, like, unclear about um, what it is that they want in order to manifest and attract the kind of energy they want. So in attraction theory, we talk about three pillars of attraction. Okay. So in attraction theory, which is taught in sexuality and um, also human communication research. So number one is physical attraction. Okay. Number two is social attraction. And number three is task attraction so we'll go with the first one physical attraction uh these can be anything that is physical characteristics it can be hairstyle uh it can be you know different uh clothing that they like it can be different types of like height and size and um it can be a certain specific kind of smile it can be a specific uh, maybe it's someone is into teeth one of my friends is into hands so all kinds of things so what are you into? Oh, physically, I don't really. I, I, okay, so I did not sign up for this, but we're going for it for the problem of science. <laughs> we're impromptu. We're doing it for science. Um, I I don't really have a preference, and physically, I know I know that when we get to the other stuff, I'm sure there's something because I'm I think be open as possible. A little backstory about myself because I had uh I was physically undesirable for a long time. Um, just full disclosure, if you guys haven't know this, I used to weigh 400 pounds when I was younger. A lot of times, I don't take physical count as much. Um, I like some hazel eyes. I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> but if someone has blue eyes, it's not a wrap. <laughs> Sorry. You don't have like a thing, right? Like one of my friends has, she has a thing for hands. Like it has to be specific hands. I, I feel like if you're, if you're taller, I tend to give you a second look longer, but like okay. my last girlfriend was short. She was like five okay. feet. But, yeah. okay. All right. So a little bit of a height thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then the second pillar is social attraction. Oh, and man. this is anything into personality, into communication style, maybe their friendships or relationships with their friends and family, all of that. So what are some personality types that you're into? Uh, I like someone who is, uh, this is so awkward, man. Uh, I like someone who, who understands uh, the idea of being alone. Maybe that's kind of a thing sometimes to spend that time. Uh, someone that understands my chance to dress into humor. That's always great. Uh, someone that can, can get uh, sarcasm and sardonic stuff. I think humor is a big part of it, I guess. Does that count? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. All of that counts. I feel like I'm on a couch here. Okay. You're, I'm uh, like, hmm, what else? Tell yeah, me yeah. about your childhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was born a poor black child in Brooklyn and I decided <laughs> to come to LA to make it big. And here I am doing podcasts in my bedroom. That's <laughs> <laughs> as big as it gets. Uh, so, okay. So you did uh, describe the three things. Uh, when you are dating, are you, are you single? Are you dating? Uh, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm single. Usually single. Are you a little okay bit of both? Me. What does that yeah. mean? You're either well, single Sometimes you're single. You're, you're, like, you're like, I'm single and I'm just going to sit here and be single and love it and focus on me and right. quote unquote do me. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I do have these apps. Let me see who's on the app. So I'm, I'm yeah. not seeing anyone like, like committed, but it's still kind of like, am I in the pool? And I'm not the pool, I think. Yes. Yes. You're a social dater. Yeah. So we have like it's different terms. We have, you know, like chronic daters. Uh, oh. Where like they go on different dates like every day or every other day with different people kind of just like they're they're typically like really type A people. So maybe the entrepreneurs of uh, people that are listening that are, that, you know, can kind of 
uh, realize like, oh shit, that's me. That's okay. It's just oh, different yeah. types. There's no good or bad. Uh, there's chronic daters, meaning they continuously go on dates because they want to go through as many as possible to like make a good decision. And this is typically also the kind of characteristic within like a business person. Mm, that makes uh, sense. Because yeah, they want to like, you know, go through like field of elimination. <laughs> right. right. But then you're a social dater, meaning like you want to go socialize when you want to go on a date. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, yeah. You have the good time and then have that space. Like I understand. I, again, I respect those who have that agenda, and I know mm-hmm. friends that have eight and twelve point lists and all that. But usually, for my me, best friend does. And it's like, hey, if you can find something to qualify through that list, because like, sometimes <laughs> these lists are, are kind of long. And like, how you want someone who likes polka dots and stripes at the same time? But but, but like, I, I get that. I just never was that kind of level, you know? Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. Some people are more relaxed when it comes to their preference and attraction, and some people are, know exactly what they are into, and they're both cool. Like anything's yeah. good. Yeah. Well. Whew. Okay. What's the task? Okay. Attraction? Last. Last pillar is task. Task attraction means. <laughs> are you doing kung fu? No. no. <laughs> I know kung to, fu. I'm trying to find out these questions. I'm like, ah. I'm Asian, so I'm, I automatically know kung fu. That's but, not what uh, I meant. canceled. <laughs> task attraction is. Uh, there is a specific kind of skills, intelligence, uh, or task that you're into that you like. For example, one of my friends uh, is into musicians. And would oh. only date people who are musicians, who play some type of instruments, who go on tour, who have shows and do that for a living. And that's their task attraction. So wow. do you have a specific kind? I know I was really into artists and I, it just changed because I used to be really into like finance guys and women too, because I like both. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people who are more mathematical oriented like finance, investment, stuff like that. And then I realized like, shit, no, I actually don't. That's my, that's what my parents told me to like. Yeah. My parents told me that those are the people I I should be with. So then I realized later on in life, like, no, I actually like artists. Wow. That's, I don't think I have a specific thing. I I guess someone that's, that's, I don't want to say 1099, but like someone that has yeah, their yeah, own yeah. their own empire, right? Whether they are creative, yeah. like an act, actress or in that case, mm-hmm. uh, just full disclosure, I am heterosexual. But it, Or if they have their own business, right? If they're like, oh, I'm going to go on and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I guess for me to have my own time <laughs> and to come back yeah. recharged and spend time with someone is great. So uh, I, the the idea of someone being like, I don't know, um, uh, a a their own skincare line and they're out there yeah. sh- shipping stuff during the day because they talk about it. It's always <laughs> great. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I know a, a friend who owns a skincare line and is pretty and single. Oh, okay. Go on, do tell. <laughs> my panel uh, along. Like, uh, well, I, wanted friends. To, I wanted to give an example because you know we're not specifically talking about oh you have to have something mm-hmm. going on because there's a whole group of um, heterosexual men that are into uh, uh, attraction that is like task attraction in throwing dinner parties because they want oh. to have a housewife. Oh. They are looking for a girlfriend who then become, you know, a mom and a housewife. That was and yeah, so like that's their preference. So it doesn't matter what yours is. And mm-hmm. um, and it's all normal. It's all okay. I'll take that. Guys, yeah. it's all normal. <laughs> it's all normal. Like whatever you want, it's all normal. Just voice it out uh, so that it's in there in the universe. And, you know, as a social scientist, I believe in a universe, even though it's not testable, even sure. though there's no proof. Uh, I do think there's energies that are stronger than us that sometimes help us achieve things. And I think knowing what we want, uh, even in general, help us attract 
the kind of people that we want to meet. Does that exist though? I'm sure that someone who's single, maybe not so much me because I'm kind of like, I'll take whatever I can get. But like <laughs> someone going, look, here's, here's what I want. Uh, I'm not getting it in this town or this line of work. Maybe this doesn't exist. Maybe I'm my standards too high. Maybe there is a ticking time clock, wherever you want to interpret that as. Is that really a thing? Is there something that really exists for everything we want? Or it, we can basically price ourselves out of any kind of options? I love that you said that. And, um, I would say research would show that at least research amongst married couples would show that, you know, later on in life, you realize that this person isn't every single thing that mm -hmm. you wanted. And that's okay because you develop a collaborative process in achieving the things that you want together. So okay. maybe, maybe something you want was, you know, a woman who understands sarcasm, right? But right. maybe you're dating someone at first who doesn't really seem to laugh at your sarcasms that much. But then throughout dating for six months, eight months, one year, she started getting it like, oh, I see what you're saying. And then she started laughing. So it can yeah. go through a collaborative process of relating and connecting and you know all the things you want can come true in uh in a collaborative process i did not expect to get evaluated today but now to go back and listen to this uh, I'm like, next I, who else who else i know next? who else i wonder how you on a live episode is that people in the chat I'm like oh it's a free advice uh, but i guess this is actually a good point uh well a lot of us who are creatives and now i think creativity and entrepreneurship are kind of like converging right because yes. if you're not doing something to make money people usually ask you why not and usually now with the way the economy is everyone needs a side hustle to make ends meet especially in los angeles why do we lack the attention to our sexual needs our romantic needs when it comes to everything else oh we know we have to pay our taxes in theory <laughs> we know we have to buy a new product but we go i'm not gonna deal with that girl today i'm not gonna call that guy today mm -hmm. this is a great question uh i want to ask you first like when you when you think about let's say paying taxes is there a deadline yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you think about uh, posting this, this interview or this uh, recording, is there a deadline? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, is there a deadline to have a wife? And my family, no. <laughs> right. It, let's, let's bring that in too. It's cultural, right? Mm -hmm. For some people dating, there is a deadline. For some people having sex and having children, like sex for procreation is there is a deadline but for mm -hmm. some there isn't a deadline and that's why i think a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs that have their own thing that have their own passion and spend all of their energy into growing their passion and empire uh tend to neglect their sexual well-being because there's no deadlines yeah yeah that's... because there's no deadlines if you own a skincare line there's fulfillment deadlines you have to ship things out. You have to, right? You have to right. Uh, launch a new marketing campaign. There's always a deadline. And we are humans. We are so accustomed to meeting deadlines. So when it comes to sexual wellness, there's no deadlines. So what are we, what are we going to do? Uh, when, when will we take care of our sexuality? Yeah, that is whew, dropping science there, Dr. Tara. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Here's my theory. My theory is when you are sexually fulfilled, you get even better in every aspect in life. Yeah. So you're an even better uh, artist. You're an even better entrepreneur. You're an even better marketer. You're an even better friend. You're an even better partner, even better daughter, uh, son. 
Um, so when you're sexually fulfilled, I feel like you just are on a whole other level as a human being. And I'm yeah. not saying being sexually fulfilled that you need a partner. Uh, some people are able to be sexually happy. Uh, on their own when they explore their bodies and then they know uh, how to give themselves pleasure. But I do want to talk about research that show people become more lonely, depressed, anxious, and stressed when they don't get human touch. Okay. So we do need touch scientifically. Yeah, Babies that don't get touched, they die. So uh, we need touch as human beings, right? And I think sex a lot of times is equated with like, touch and you know cuddling and being intimate so do we need sex we don't need penetrative sex no. we need touch yeah well that that's a whole new different way of looking at things you know especially when we talk about the uh, the intercommunication side of things right the, yeah the body like, you, non-verbal. You like a hug um I, i've learned you know for a long time i wasn't but mm-hmm. hugs are cool hugs are a-okay <laughs> yes so do you feel like before you didn't you had to learn did you not like a hug due to like some historical dad like i mean some oh uh, well yeah for, for me because I, I was so large physically yeah, yeah. you would feel people struggle to hug you yeah and so okay. i always felt that i was doing them a burden i was being a burden doing them mm-hmm. a service mm-hmm. like it was a, question, a slight like embarrassment yeah, yeah, yeah. I am actually feeling how wide you are. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people that have had negative sexual experiences when they were younger uh, tend to have a, a fear of getting intimate again uh, mm-hmm. because of that like small embarrassment that have happened to them when they were younger. Uh, totally makes sense. You know, we mm-hmm. all have is our experiences, right? Because you know, like you can call up grandma and be like, "Hey, has this ever happened to you?" <laughs> you could, but I, I don't. Hey, grandma. <laughs> How many vibrators did you have back in 1950s? Yeah, back then it was a hand crank. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it was illegal. Sex toys were illegal. I thought it would be prescribed. Right? They were illegal outright? Wow. So, well, uh, let me correct that. Uh, from 1873, 74 onwards to like 19, like 30s or something like that, it was yeah. illegal. Yeah. What would they do? Come to your house and take it out? Like, yeah. What? We go to jail, bro. <laughs> Flobo, how many how many toys do you have? You go to jail, yeah. Yeah, currently zero, but now I'm gonna get one because I'm afraid of some time cop coming out of right, nowhere. Right, exactly. Time cop, I like that idea. Time cop, like with, with their horse, they they came on a horse. Right. <laughs> Flobo, right, see that in. strap on. <laughs> so, so I have a quick question about 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 the Dr. Tara brand. You have your your podcast, your show, uh, Love Bites. Uh, you can actually follow that on the Instagram. Instagram at love l u v b i t e s dot c o. Uh, what's that been like? Taking your your knowledge past a, past the classroom, but really having a platform for people outside of that space to ask questions and engage with you. It's been amazing. It's been really, really uh, rewarding for me because I've already been helping students in class and it's been rewarding there. And it is still because I'm still a professor. But man, like being able to take, you know, what I teach, like, let's say I taught attraction theory today in this show. 
yeah. right? Being able to take what I teach outside of the classroom and teach more people about the concepts that help them understand themselves better and help them have a better relationship and sexual relationship. It's been so rewarding. And I get a lot of DMs from people that have questions specifically to their situation. And mm -hmm. I try my best to respond to all of those questions, DMs that are not perverted. Okay. So like yeah. I have a, t I have hundreds of perverted DMs that I <laughs> don't respond to and just, I don't know what's wrong with people, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but basically, yeah. Like when women, uh, especially ask me questions, I take even more care of answering those questions because I know like when they write me a long essay of their right. issue, I know that they're serious about getting better. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I find a lot of reward in helping people outside of the classroom as well. What do you do when you're just not feeling work? Uh, do you like take it off and do something else completely? Is this, this your pursuit part of your personality and identity? What's your balance? Uh, when I don't feel like doing work, I masturbate. Sure. Here, <laughs> you're a proponent of mindful masturbation. That was my next question. <laughs> yes, yeah. When I don't feel like doing work, I connect with my partner. Uh, I do some reading, which is still usually about sex and relationship because I'm just intrigued. It's endless knowledge about sex. I mean, sex in the Roman times, that's what I'm listening to right now or reading right now. It's fascinating. So, yeah, when I'm not like working, uh, I'm still kind of reading about sex, uh, having sex with my partner or just an intimate time cuddling. Uh, I like masturbating. I, I think it's really uh, a great tool for mm -hmm. entrepreneurs to relieve stress. And I, I don't think it gets props enough. How do you get props? How do you yeah. get props on that? Yeah, what's up? Yay, yeah. Like, Yo, shout out to all those masturbators today. What's that look like? What does what does it be my props? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, congratulations, Flobo. You masturbated today. Yeah. Like, your skin <laughs> looks radiant. You're smiling. You must have masturbated today. No, but I feel like I should do it now to make sure it matches you up. Do it right after this call. <laughs> Yes. right after this call <laughs> oh my goodness so what's it like at, at family gatherings or reunions is it like oh you made it you've done the thing you are now an entrepreneur that do something you like or is the other side of i can't believe you're doing that thing you sign up being a doctor a lawyer or something structured my parents still tell people i'm a professor of I'm not sure what. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Don't even ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they want to brag about being a professor in college, right? Like I came from Thailand. English is not my first language. And yet here I am, you know, a professor in a university. I just got tenure and promotion to oh, associate congratulations. professor. Thank you so much. Yeah, so like I'm the youngest person to become an associate professor, uh, get a promotion in the department. So it's a big deal. So they brag about those things, but then they don't, when their friends are like, so what does she teach? They're like, yeah, we're not sure. But she's a professor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a tenure chart. Here's a, here's a like her. Yeah, her yeah. Here's spot. all her promotion. Here's a resume. Uh, here's yeah. all her positions. She was a yeah. guest on so many things, uh, but we're, yeah. we're not sure what. Well, that's, that's cool. But I mean, it's, it's like a weird thing on the other actual one with your personal calls to your parents. It's come a sense of pride, I assume, right? They're um, proud of It is of for older generations. Yeah. yeah, like all my grandparents are dead, so they're not here to bear okay. the burden uh, about <laughs> me talking about vibrators and masturbating online. But uh, <laughs> but my parents, uh, yeah, they're, they're older generation. I, I have a motto that's like, you know, it's hard to fix adults. Let's fix kids. And when Absolutely. kids, I'm not saying like five years old. I'm like, we're kids, right. you know, like, 
like 30 something and younger, like we can change still, right? We can change, we can improve, we can change our mindset, we can have a much better uh, sexual health and relationship. Uh, but for older people, I mean, you know, like they, they're fixed on their ways, then Absolutely. I'm not trying to change that. Uh, it, it's funny because this is a kind of a stock question for the show, uh, but everyone has a different answer for that. My parents were immigrants. Uh, my grandparents were out in the fields chopping crops. Mm-hmm. And so my, my mom's a nurse and my dad is an electrician by trade. And he was like, he get yourself a real job. They wanted me to be, be a civil engineer. And I came out West to make movies and podcasts. And, 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 Santa and they're like, that's not a real job. No, but well, now they come around. My mom is kind of like, whatever, baby, as long as you're happy. My dad yeah. was like, you can't, you can't pay bills with jokes. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's always cool to see everyone's perspective when it comes to that, especially immigrants and new Americans and prospective Americans like that. Yes, I want to share with that too. So my dad says this. My he says the same thing. He goes, you know, it's it's cool you're doing your podcast. I don't know what it's about, but it's cool you're doing your podcast. But don't quit your professor job, mm-hmm. right? As in, like that's the only thing that matters. Right. And I feel like he doesn't really see how valuable it is for me to share this knowledge to the mass. Uh, but, you know, to each their own. To each their own. Fixed kids. Uh, mm-hmm. I was on the Instagram. I mean, you have some knowledge in addition to your podcast or show. Uh, as we wrap this up here, I do have a question about one of your videos. Uh, if you don't mind me, I'll be a little bit uh, a little bit of that investigative journalist. And do go, it. What is what is the deal? Uh, what was the the impetus behind a hot wifing video? Because I am new to this concept of hot wifing. I think it's a cool fantasy. If I'm being full disclosure, uh, but you actually go in and you're like, no, it's actually a dope thing to do. Hot wifing. What is it, and why is it important? So hot wifing is the idea, uh, the concept that is similar to cuckolding, but not really exactly the same concept. So hot wifing is when your your wife, you like it, let's say, uh, let's give it like an easy example of like a heterosexual couple. Right. Um, but it works in other other contexts as well, other sure. sexual orientation as well. But let's say uh, a wife and a husband, uh, both of them. Are have open communication, full disclosure, full support from the husband that the wife will have sex with other people mm-hmm. and with full knowledge of the husband and support. And that makes it different than cuckolding because the husband and that's knows. hot wifing. Okay. Yeah, cuckolding, the play is in the control of the husband finding an actor to fuck his wife. Yeah. And that power play uh, is a part of the art of cuckolding. Okay. Like even though someone is fucking your wife, but you have the power. You tell them what to do. You choose a person. That person fucks your wife. Like you have the control. So it's still like not a quote unquote submissive thing. Sure. You're still in control versus a hot wife is a little bit more loose term of like, oh, like, you know, you and your wife agree your wife can uh, go have sex with other people. And sometimes you watch, sometimes you don't. I bring this up because uh, not to say I am involved in one, uh, but rather <laughs> your approach to these concepts um, are more like tools. These are things you can do in, in excess. Uh, there's no judgment in your videos. There's no like, you know, uh, any kind of thing. I know it has to be by design, but what has been the response for these kind of kind of content? People get it. They go, okay, great. Or is it kind of like, oh, pitchforks. I can't believe you're oh talking these crazy gosh. things. What's been the, the response? So I would say three types of responses. The first one is like, how dare you? You're corrupting the youth. You are like works of the devil. Uh, I would never fucking do that. My wife is mine. 
oh, wow. like really creepy stuff. Yeah, like um, yeah. So there's that. That's like the first type of response. And if you go to my TikTok, there's a lot more of those creepy responses because TikTok people have no filters. Instagram sometimes because Instagram it's like they post personal pictures, right? But TikTok, I feel like a lot of people just create. Uh, a profile and they don't put anything on and they just watch these videos and share their quote unquote true opinion because their true ugly opinion because no one knows who who that is. So that's the first type. The second type is like, huh, interesting. I've never heard of it, but interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I call them the lukewarm, the lukewarm. Like, right. and then and then they're like, hell yeah, fuck yeah, like hot wife, like all day, every day, bro, like. So that's kind of the three types of responses I <laughs> get. It's, it's, it's kind of polarizing. And then there's the lukewarm people. Yeah, all day, every day. I'm not a machine. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there are uh, big supporters of all kinds of things. I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll give an ex- a list of examples for dirty talk. Like, here's mm-hmm. dirty talk you can do this weekend. And it will be like really intense dirty talk. And then I'll get like the responses are like, fuck yeah, doing this this weekend. Or the lukewarm people that are like, might try. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then the people do. that are like, I would never say that to my wife. That's degrading. I'm like, it's called dirty talk, bro. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It depends on. That's true. It depends on on what temperature, lukewarm, hot. Yeah, or yeah, in the yeah. Uh, I also want to thank you so much for being on the show. I learned a lot. I got, I got, I got to go back and listen to myself talk to me about myself, and that was interesting. Um, yeah. Before we get out of here, dumb question I asked a lot of my guests. Uh, favorite junk food. Ooh, 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 okay. Oh, fried chicken. All right, respect. Yeah, where where, where yeah. do you go? I need to know, because you're in LA. Uh, well. Where do okay. you go? Where you go? Uh, we're in LA, so Dave's hot. But if I'm not in LA, Racing Canes. Okay, yeah, they opened up here, one at Clover Seal, right across the street. I'm going to hit that uh, up. They're so good, so <laughs> yeah. good. And the fries are good, too. But man, that, the, the hot chicken. I like hot chicken. That is my agenda today. After I masturbate, I'm going to go ask for fried chicken. Masturbate first and take your time. Mindful (laughs) masturbation is all about taking your time and not rushing to the goal. Right. Yeah. Ah. So go mindfully masturbate, then go get hot chicken. Okay. It's funny to me that the most embarrassing part is the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to myself. It's getting the chicken afterwards. I'm so ashamed. I'm going to go get hot chicken. It's 11 a.m. I know. Uh, Dr. Tara, thank you so much for being on the show. And if anyone want to connect with you, ask you questions, listen to your podcast, how to go about doing that. Yes. So you can go to my website, lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. My social. So like my Instagram and TikTok are the same handle. Oh, that's smart. I should probably do that. I want you. I want to want you back because I'm sure people want to have questions once they hear this episode. Uh, you, I oh, want no, you back on the show. Like three questions, like Q and A, and then oh, we you can read the questions and then I'll answer them. Uh, we'll take. We'll do it. It's it's settled. Uh, thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam, the podcast for creatives. Before you go, just want to say my book, Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World, is now available on Amazon. You know, the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell younger me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy 
to save my business and much, much more. Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Global Voice. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.